Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is connecting your community, building community through unity, through unity. Getting things done takes activism and Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen have come together to share firsthand community voices, bringing awareness to community issues, watching how other communities handle like problems and sharing their successes, connecting, connecting your community. Here are your hosts, Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. Well, here we are, Mallory. It's you. Know, you can actually hear our names pronounced correctly. <laughs> That's exactly. true. A change. That. So it's not. Uh, was it? Hi- Hagen, 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 and Christensen. Christensen. Yeah. Christensen. Like, so yeah, Classic. and a few of the other little Classic. changes with the script. So yeah. I've got to give actually a shout out to my daughter. My daughter is oh, in in film and video and at Sate in Calgary, and she actually I said, honey, what can you do with this? This is like something's just not. Yeah. It's it's a little. It's not what I really wanted. And I'm sure we both talked about not what we really wanted. And so she's like, yeah, give me a few minutes. And it was at midnight. She whipped this thing up. And unfortunately, it just took longer to get it back to us. But it's pretty cool. It's back. And I think it's a lot better. Thank you to Blaine's amazing daughter and her creativity. Jelena, thank you very much. (laughs) So also, the last podcast, I was not on. You were on with with Mike. And I got to tell you something. What I found really great about that was that whether you guys had different opinions on different topics or whatever it was, you were still able to to just sit down and chat about the concerns of the community, although they might have been different as, mm-hmm. as far as what was, uh, you know, ways of getting to, to results, right? And I think that's what's lacking in our community per se, is that, you know, just because Mike and I, that's a perfect example, don't agree on everything, we're still able to sit down together. Right. right. We're not blasting each other on Facebook. We're not calling each other names. And so that is what our community needs is mm-hmm. that authentic, true conversation. Absolutely. Right. So, yeah, yeah it was an honor to host great. Mike yesterday. And for those of you who don't know, like he actually just went through a diagnosis of balls, balls, balls palsy. palsy. Yeah. Right. So um, just to see his recovery, too, has just been amazing. It was it's yeah. been amazing. unbelievable like being that it was up. just, yeah, it was yeah. just yeah. A, a week and a half ago yeah. or so. And so, yeah. yeah, it was incredible recovery. And so that's it's it's amazing to see that. And and he's he's out there going full tilt again. So. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. That's really um, good. So just another shout out to Mike Hoffman for coming on yeah. uh, yesterday. It was just really beautiful. So we have another guest today and we have a guest I'm wondering who, who is in between yeah, us here, right? Is, you know, Blaine, and I know you're, Janessa, you're right beside me, but I have been so honored to connect with you over the last, what, five months that we've known each other. And our relationship really started as a result of Lethbridge Citizens Alliance Rally is when I first actually met you. And I had the honor of introducing you in front of, I don't know how many hundreds of people were there. And I remember hearing your story for the first time and it broke my heart. Mm-hmm. And I think any parent, any caregiver, kinship, it's going to break your heart. So, right. Janessa, without further ado, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about why you're here today on Connecting Your Community? Sure, for sure. <clears throat> so, I'm Janessa, um, and yeah, we connected five months ago, and I'm so grateful for that because um, it's given me an opportunity to meet with people who are like-minded and also um, who want to stand for change in our community. Right. Um, but the reason that I connected with everybody, even the LCA in the beginning, was because our six-year-old son, Jerem, was pricked by a needle while playing at a community park. And that was really difficult for our family. Yeah, that's nobody wants to go through that. And I, and I know that it wasn't the first. Mm-mm. And... 
I'm hoping it was the last, but we, we know that this is still happening throughout our community, which is, which is pretty frustrating. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what you're going through now. So, you know, the day that, that we found out, he was actually with a sitter when, when he got pricked by a needle. And so it wasn't until almost a week later that he told us about it. Um, and he showed me his finger and told me exactly what had happened. And, um, that day we took him to the doctors and from the doctors we took him to the health unit where he had to have his first round of shots and first mm -hmm. blood work taken so that was a really scary day for him mm -hmm. he was really concerned um just what was coming next you know like mm -hmm. as, who's going to touch me next what are they going to do to me we had to hold him because obviously a lot of his a lot of the well, all of his friends have not been through this no, right no, and so no. he's, he can't even talk to them about what exactly he, what is going on exactly so. he was just like what is happening my world just changed and so um we went through all that um, and then since then, we've gone through different rounds of blood work. Um, and, you know, the blood work each time, he has to give himself like a pep talk, mm -hmm. kind of saying, you know, yeah. you know, okay, I'm going to get my blood work done and it's going to be okay. I did this before. I can do this. And, you know, but inevitably we get there and he's all worked up and we have to bring him in the separate room. And, um, yeah. you know, he's gotten to the point where they've actually brought the, uh, the garbage so that he can just throw up in it because he's so worked up and so worried about it. And but it you doesn't know, matter as, as far as even prepping up and, and prepping, you as parents try. trying to talk, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. We yeah. try to talk to him and we try to, you know, get these feelings out and, but, you know, but it's, but it's filtered into other things, like anything medical that he goes to now, we try to doctors or a dentist appointment and right. the dentist, like he was just jumping out of the chair. Like, what are you doing to me? What do you, you know? Didn't know what is, what is going on? No, he's like, I don't trust anybody right mm -hmm. now. And rightfully so. So you shared your experience about your son, but what was that like for you as a mother? As a mother, when he first told me, I was terrified. I was, I was wondering what is going to happen. The thing is, my husband's a local police officer and he deals with lots of people who of are using in yep. the community, right? And so he sees what happens to them. Mm -hmm. um, he sees the aftermath. And so he's trained on if he gets pricked by a needle, there's protocol for that. Well, our six-year-old son right here was being pricked by a needle. Um, so it was devastating to us. I was terrified. I was not sure like how, what the treatment course was, what we had to do. The doctor that we initially took him to, you know, he first thought that we were going to have to go through this treatment of like, he's got HIV and bring him right down to, right, right. you know. And to, there's no guarantees. That there's no guarantee. So it's, it's, it's a process that has to be followed. Right? right. And when you don't know, and a week had already passed. And yeah. so here we were trying to figure out what, what are we going to do to help him to make sure that he is healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, gee. So... That's, yeah. It, it, I'm, I think I'm just, it's my worst fear right now as a mother, exactly. as an auntie, you know, um, we have all these different protocols that now we are expected to do as parents. Don't forget to clean the park. Don't forget to look for needles. That shouldn't be our responsibility. Well, and that was, a you know, there part. are people yeah. paid to do this job. So why is it on us as mothers? Sorry, Blaine, yeah, even yeah. as a father, why is it on us? to make sure that that park's clean. Exactly. You know, why are there even signs at parks? There never used to be signs at parks signs, that said yeah. if there was a needle here. That, right. that was not an issue that people dealt with. You That's never right. heard about Absolutely. it. Have you, you heard know? of any other uh, kids that have been pricked? There have been a few in Lethbridge that have been pricked, some prior to Jerem, and actually there's been one after Jerem. And so, um, but you know, one is too many, and That's that exactly. should be happening. Yeah. And yeah. no right. parent yeah. can scour out an entire park. You cannot overturn every rock and leaf and everything to try to make sure. Yeah, yeah I know the first the first Absolutely time we'd heard right. actually of a child being pricked here, yeah. the very first one prior to, to your son, 
it was it was devastating at that time. We thought, mm-hmm. oh, this has got to be a, a one-off. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the the occurrences again. It's it's been something super, should have been done sad. after that first child. That is what I will yeah. say for sure. So you know, and we look at we're going to talk about the resolutions. We're going to talk a little bit about city mm-hmm. council. Sorry, I hope that doesn't put you in you know, an uncomfortable position, Blaine, but we have to talk about this stuff, right? So I guess you, you were verbal, you came forward, you went, you and your husband, uh, bless your, both your hearts for being so brave to stand up. You guys came out on social media, Mm -hmm. you shared your story. Now I know that this is a very controversial topic, but was there anyone from city council? Did our mayor reach out to you you to talk to you about this? Actually, our mayor did not contact me at all. And even when I sent him an email, he didn't contact you me. You sent Mayor Spearman an email I did about send what him, happened? Okay. And it was a while before he contacted me. The only person that did contact me was actually Blaine. You were the only one that called me to talk uh, and to I'd, me about I, it. And I'd seen it. And, and, and when I first heard about it, of course, uh, we were not Facebook friends. And this is usually mm-hmm. the first thing you do is you hop on there right. and find out what's... And I saw these mutual friends. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, I know Janessa. I, right. I got to, you know, I give her a call, find out exactly what is happening. And so, yeah, that was, and it was tough too, because it was right at the beginning and I didn't know what to expect and, you know, should I be calling? But uh, thank you for that conversation because it really gave light to what had happened and, and had gave me a better understanding of, of what possibly mm-hmm. to do because of it. Right. And so, yeah, I was grateful that you called because I wanted it out there. You know, when something like that happens to your child, for me, I'm a vocal person and I will continue to be an advocate for needles not leaving the site so that our kids can be in places and public places and not only other kids, but other people who are vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And you know, just before we break too, is I want to share about how first responders have been pricked by needles. Mm -hmm. We just had another one that was, you know, in a news release that another first responder was pricked by needle. We have amazing other professionals within the community who haven't came forward, who've been pricked by needles. I've had a needle thrown at me while just gently encouraging someone to use the supervised consumption site two blocks down in Galt Gardens, this isn't okay. Right. This isn't okay. Absolutely. Right? Not okay. (sighs) Yep. And it's frustrating, right? Because um, we've put our whole story out there. Absolutely. And when changes don't happen, after you've tried to create change, um, a positive change for our community, it's really frustrating because you know, you know that other people are going to have the same encounter. Absolutely. So with that, let's take a quick break and we will pop back after the break. This is Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen. We'll be right back after these messages. Is Copy Express your one-stop print shop? Is the service at Copy Express? The best thing around, that's what you Blaine Higgin and the team at Copy Express offer the best of the best 2019 copy service. Perfect for your holiday gifting. Get your personalized Christmas calendars printed now and get 50% off your order of two or more. Copy Express, locally owned and operated just north of Costco. At Smith's Audio on 13th Street North, we promise to only sell high-performance electronics. We promise to support mostly Canadian companies like Paradigm, Anthem, NAD, Bryston, and PSB. We keep promises. Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. Electronics simplified. All right, back again. Yep. Wow. I, so exciting, I guess, that we have, <laughs> we have, we have sponsors for this, right? Every time, you I'm talked about like, it last time. I'm always time wondering, I'm was... like, who's going to be 
be our sponsor this week, but yeah. I think it's also so cool to just really promote Smith's Audio as well and the as art Coffee room. Express. The art room the in, art in, in yeah. Smith's yeah. Audio. I, I know there's yeah. a lot yeah. of different uh, uh, concerns people had regarding where to get art supplies, et cetera, because there's been different businesses that have, have closed down. And so over at uh, Smith's Audio, they actually have a fantastic yep. art room now for those uh, that are looking so for supplies. Cool. So, so cool. So that's so, fantastic. Janessa, before we took off for the break, we talked about you shared how nothing's really changed. Right. So we know in the community of Lethbridge, two resolutions have been brought forward. Mm -hmm. We had one in 2018. We had one in 2019 and both of them did not make it past and they were both shut down, right? right? I think the first one was like, you know, we're one off to have another counselor actually agree to keep needles at the supervised consumption site versus allowing them to go into the community because is that even supervised consumption exactly. if needles are leaving, let's be real. Exactly. Um, but I guess my question is, is how did that make you feel that both resolutions were passed and turned down or yeah sorry turned down by city council to not make change that was really really frustrating yeah. really frustrating because i sat there in the room and i watched and i listened to all the council the city council and i listened to um our mayor and i was i mean there's no other really disgusted disgusted knowing that a little child and other children have been pricked by needles and it was just like dismissed like oh well who cares who cares that it continues care. to happen, you know? And, and, but that's how I felt. I was like, how dare you? How dare you dismiss the fact that my child was pricked by a needle and that the potential is there for anybody else to have the same thing happen? Why would you not make that change? There's, you know, a lot of frustration you know, leading up to, to the resolution, um, the first one and, and the second one, the amount of, of, of emails, et cetera, that we received as, as council, uh, was was amazing. Now, I always say I, I, I respect decisions of council, but I was extremely frustrated mm -hmm. by by the result of that. As I just thought that, uh, in light of some of the different concerns we've had throughout the community, it was I was a little shocked that it that um, that did not pass. To just keep them on site mm -hmm. doesn't mean closing down the right. supervised consumption right. site, but to just yeah. to not allow these needles from leaving yeah. the facility. Mm -hmm. So. There was that, that frustration, and, and of course, as, as uh, you know, any vote with council, we, mm -hmm. we um, support that, and that's what our job is to support and go forward, and that's why after the 18th, wait a while, put on 19, and uh, yeah, and I, I don't know what, uh, from, from that point, there's two times that it was down. The first time was voted down five to four. Right. Maybe we can garner some more support for the following exactly. year, and it was actually a little less, right. so of, of a 6-3 of a vote, so you know, uh, frustrating. And, and I know that that's, that's very concerning for, for, for you. And, you know, that's, it was really tough. disappointing. I mean, even the conversation that went on in that room that day, um, mm -hmm. between council, um, Rob Mirashiro, I mean, he threw out there, do you want these people to die? Well, when I what, heard that comment, who is he referring to these people, these people using the SCS, using the, the so service users, right? Service users. Do you want them to die? And to me, Leaving, keeping the needles at the supervised consumption site would benefit everyone. That would benefit the users actually being supervised while they're using and ensure that needles aren't going out into the community where they are littered everywhere. Of course. I mean, if you can get the needles for free, they're not something that you need to keep special to you, right? Mm -hmm. And so... I think I you really just actually made me think as well because a lot of the service users that are accessing the supervised co consumption site have FASD. 
right. fatal alcohol spectrum disorder. So, you know, you have to educate individuals with mental, um, you know, cognitions and disabilities such as those. And how do we not know how many of them are actually sharing needles with we each don't. other? We don't. Right? Because I know many people who have said, well, we just share our needles. We just pass it around. It's the same needle going on and on and on. And there's HIV, there's Hep C. And so many of my friends on the street right now are in fact now diagnosed with HIV and Hep C. Right, and Hep C is huge right? among the drug And users, you know, yeah. I, I, I will agree with that, that needles should stay at the supervised consumption site. Mm-hmm. But if I may quick, how did that make you feel, uh, Blaine, both times? Because you're the one who brought the motion forward. What was that like having it defeated twice? It was it was frustrating, and 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 again, as I just mentioned, going from a five four to a six three on the law mm-hmm. side was was uh, quite frustrating. The, the resolutions were a little different each time, but still, both of them had that that part of of stopping the needles from leaving the facility. And yeah, it was it was it was uh, frustrating, I guess to to say the least. Mm-hmm. And uh, so from from that point forward, what what next can we do? And so we've been speaking with our provincial counterparts and, and there was, was a, uh, um, a government change just after, after that time, after that, that other resolution. And there's some uh, 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 reviews that were done. And, mm-hmm. and I think Janessa, you had, you had been down and as yep. were you Mallory down to some of these reviews when the panel came down, checking on concerns that, that people within the community had regarding the supervised consumption mm. site. And so those reviews right now are just being completed and compiled and, and they're supposed to be out sooner than later. I, I, I was hoping November and uh, now it's December and it's, and, and trust me with political things, they take a lot longer than what, what I would, would always want. Being a private business owner, yeah. like want something done, you just, and it takes a lot longer. But yeah. I do know in, in speaking with, with that ministry that, that, uh, you know, they are looking through all of this and they expect to have answers in the near future. Mm-hmm. So I hope it's something from what they've heard in those those responses uh, during those review panel nights mm-hmm. that it's it's something that will, will benefit our community. I sure hope so. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm-hmm. So outside that, now, now as we continue on forward... Your son is still doing doing treatments. Is he is he finished his last treatment he yet? He has his last shots, I think, scheduled for February. For February, yeah. And okay. so, but you know, it's really interesting because every day, almost every day, he says, "Do I have blood work today? Do I have any?" Like he wants to know right away. Is something so, coming at me? Right. Yeah. And so it's it's definitely to have something like that weighing on your six year old's mind every Not day, fair. have a little bit of anxiety towards that each day of their life. It's yeah. not right. And it's it's traumatizing. And that's going to leave, you know, some healing that he's going to have to do. Yep. And that mom's going to have to do. And, you know, if anything, thank goodness that you guys have such a beautiful, tight family where he is so loved by siblings, mom and dad, and the community, right? Yeah, We're standing with great. you. Mm-hmm. We are standing with you through this, Janessa. So I hope that, uh, you know, going forward in your mind, what would you like to see happen throughout the community? What would you like to see mm. uh, done to to provide, you know, these reviews are coming back, as I said, these provincial right. reviews. What are you hoping comes from them? You know, my main hope regarding the needle debris is that mm-hmm. it will absolutely not be able to leave the consumption mm-hmm. site anymore. I right. think that, you know, parks should be free of needles. Alley should be free of needles. Children's schools should be free of needles. Um, daycare should be free of needles and all these places are being littered with needles. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And if they can come back and say, these needles just absolutely should not leave the site, I think that that would be a definite positive step in the right direction. Okay, but here's here's the question I have that I know, right, is we know that not all needles are coming from arches, right? right. They're not all right. coming from the supervised consumption sites. So what about the needles that are being distributed by pharmacies? Right. What would you say to that? What What could be a solution for, you know, everyone and anyone to walk in, you know, non-diabetics to be able to go get a needle and use it. You know, I'm not sure how that works because my husband and I actually did an experiment. We walked into several pharmacies and we asked them, hey, Interesting. Can, can we have a needle? Oh, and, okay. And so we were, you know, we were told, well, well, why? Why do you need a needle for? Just for personal use is what we told them. We were denied every time. You're denied? Denied a needle every time. From the really? pharmacy? From the pharmacy. Okay, because I, well, that's, that's, that's shocking to me. A few of the pharmacies, like right. several. And so... Okay. Um, so I don't know particularly which pharmacies they're actually getting them from. There must be one around, um, mm-hmm. and that must not be one of the ones that we And those are provided, to. obviously, the needles that are at these other pharmacies are provided still through, through arches. Through arches, well. exactly. And so they're going out if into the community. Stop them from leaving the facility, obviously that would, that would uh, stop yeah. that as well. It could potentially right. decrease significant needle and debris I, in our community. I think so. You know, I want to hop back to one thing though. I, I, we, we talked about uh, children being pricked throughout the, uh, throughout the community and, and the sad part of that, there's also first responders yep. that, that we've dealt with. We've read about that as mm-hmm. well. And, and I don't want to, to push away children being poked or, or, or right. any one particular demographic, but it was, it was incredible to hear that that's happening with not just just uh, uh, there's children within parks, first responders, uh, police, and I've talked to to those in EMS and fire that when they go to to these uh, overdoses, they're scared that something could happen. There could they could be pricked as well. Mm-hmm. It's changed yeah. so much right. now exactly how these responders deal with this. Right. And I know Mallory, you you spoke a little bit with uh, with Mike on the last podcast about. Uh, um, the accidental exposure yep. to this, yep. and it can be such a minor amount because that powder, and so you just never know what you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Or in a vehicle, yeah. we've seen that in, in a cab. There's it's someone who left it in a cab. Mm-hmm. We've had so. them in cabs, yeah. even as frontline workers. We've had them fall out of our individuals' pockets into vehicles. And again, if it's preloaded, you don't even know what you're touching. What you don't even know what's yeah. in your vehicle, and you're using it for personal. So your kids are going in that. No way enough mm-hmm. enough with that but the other thing too is we have amazing businessmen professionals who have also been pricked by simply going to clean out their trailer and folks have been actually squatting in their trailers using needles yeah right so we know a lot of yeah. people who've been pricked by needles and nothing's changing but so yeah well i actually spoke to a fast food joint downtown and they mm. said they uh they have their employees pick up the needles yeah. they fill them and then they have them come and picked up and that's and the, the tough part with that is a training too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Who's collecting the statistics? We need to, and, and they need to be trained as, yep. as far as what to do to pick these up. And I hope as, as again, I keep going back to this podcast that, that you did with Mike, that, that there's, there's training for them because we need mm-hmm. to worry about those that are picking them up as much as those that are, are using them. And so, you know, for their safety and, mm-hmm. and making sure that they're using the right you know, going through the correct protocol to, mm-hmm. to dispose of these, this needle debris. You because can't get lax in that. You have to follow oh, yeah. the protocol. Oh, you can't, exactly. it's not something that you can just. Yeah. And lives are at risk, right? Right. So the last question I really do want to ask you, like we talked about the hope, we talked about all of that, but what about the criticism and just short, because we're obviously going to have to wrap this up is 
What kind of criticism have you taken since coming forward, Janessa? You know, the biggest criticism I've faced is um, we weren't a good enough parent. We weren't a good enough parent. We didn't provide a safe spot for our kids to be able to play. At a park. At a park. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I can take that. I can take mm -hmm. that. You know, I, I take that with a grain of salt because I know that nobody realistically mm -hmm. cannot look through every it's little, yeah, you know, for sure, part for of a sure. park. And so, um, but the biggest criticism was that. And, you know, people want to criticize, but at the end of the day, if that was your child or your family member or someone you care about, Absolutely. you might have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. yep. Absolutely, you would. It's, yep. it's, it's very different if it's that close to home. Mm -hmm. And I know you've got other, other children. You've got seven. Six other, so seven total, correct? Seven total, yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, it's an amazing, you know, and, and I, I, I know your, your work uh, uh, with those, with your children and, and, and how much time you spend with them and, and developing them and stuff. And it's, well, hats off, seven children. Could you <laughs> Not quite. No, like, two and I go, I'm like, no, I'm good, thanks. Two and I sometimes I'm like, a dog and a, yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> good enough so, for me. Um, right. You know, just before we wrap this up is, there is no justification to children getting pricked by needles. You know, when I first heard about you, I couldn't even watch the stories. I couldn't even watch the films that were done. And there is absolutely zero justification that children, first responders, professionals in the community, even service users, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's no justification to this. And we need to find a solution. And thank you for bringing forward solutions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Thank you for using your voice. But enough is enough. Awesome. Right. Absolutely. And, yeah. So, so in, in closing, so we've got some different podcasts. We're hitting it into the Christmas season and, and we've got some different podcasts coming up and do you want to know something? We're pretty excited about what the next podcast is going to be. Yeah. So with that, thank you very much. Thanks Janessa. for tuning Thanks in for you guys. You've been listening to Connecting Your Community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. Join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics and how all of us together can make a difference. Remember, there is no community without unity.